Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Can we all stand together this morning and begin by worshiping the Lord and declaring that above everyone and above everything that we will worship Him. Thank you, Lord. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, and yes, I will lift you high in the praise today. Lord, we declare that there is no one else who's worthy of praise. No one else who is worthy of glory and honor except you. 
To you alone, O Lord, we bring our glory and our honor and our praise today. Lord, our hearts are full with gratitude today for all that you have done. And Lord, as we begin a new year, we begin it in your house, in your presence, with your people, lifting up your name. And we declare today, Lord, that in the good times and in the bad times, we will praise you because you deserve it. We thank you, Lord, for that. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, today. Move among us. Anoint us and bless us, we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. We wanted to take a minute and thank all of you who signed up to serve for one of our Christmas Eve services. It made each night go so smoothly. We also want to tell you that a team of that size serving every weekend would help show all those in attendance how much we care about the fact that they are here. We need your help in staffing our weekend services. From worship and media to hospitality to kids ministry, there is a place for you to serve at CTC. To find out more, talk to one of our ministry leaders or anyone who is already serving. Our next women's ministry event is coming up on Sunday, January 22nd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus. Our women will be meeting for fellowship and to play games together. To learn more, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. We are very encouraged by those who came to our congregational meeting this past Thursday. As we continue to seek the will of God as it relates to possible disaffiliation, these times are important. Our next meeting will be to review a video of panelists who discuss the pros and cons of disaffiliation. That video can be reviewed in Ellesmere on Sunday, January 8th at 12.30 p.m. Then we will show it at Bear on Tuesday, January 10th at 7 p.m. Then on January 14th and 21st from 10 a.m. till noon, we will meet together to study the book Living Faithfully. Please contact any CTC lay elder or your campus office if you have any questions. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Welcome. Thanks for being here at Christ the Cornerstone today. Whether you're worshiping with us in-house or whether you're worshiping online with us, we want to extend a special welcome uh, to you. If you're new today, we want to make you feel especially welcome. Uh, if, when you leave the uh, sanctuary today after the service to your left, uh, you'll find our Connect Central. Uh, if you would stop by there and just you'll have a chance to meet uh, some folks and we have a free gift for you. Uh, so if you would stop by Connect Central on your way out, that would be great. As a matter of fact, anyone who wants to stop by and find out information about ministries and things that we have going on at CTC, 
uh, you can also stop by there. At your seats, uh, beginning today, and uh, you'll find this each week, uh, you'll find around on the tables and on the chairs a monthly uh, half-sheet uh, bulletin-type announcement uh, sheet. Uh, before COVID, we were doing a bulletin, and, and over the last couple of months, we've been talking about doing some modified version of that. So it won't change every week, but uh, pretty much on a monthly basis, uh, we'll be putting this out each week, but it will change on a monthly basis based on the things that are going on, based on the announcements that we need to let you know about, and based on the sermon uh, series that we're uh, preaching on at that particular time. So you'll see on the front that there's a graphic for the current sermon series, and you can take notes. Uh, and then on the back side, uh, there'll be some information about announcements that, uh, that we want to make sure that you know about. So take that home with you. Make your uh, notes from the sermon and uh, take that home with you, and then you can keep it. Uh, also, you have there where you're seated, you have a Connect card that we ask you to fill out every week. And uh, if you would do that, and just let us know who's worshiping with you. If you're worshiping online, uh, you can click the uh, digital Connect card link, or you can uh, click the bubble that just popped up in the chat window. And uh, just let us know that you're worshiping with us and, and who's with you. Uh, we just want to, again, we just want to say welcome and thank you for being here today. God bless you. Good morning. And good morning. Great to see all of you here this morning. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that stuff. If you're Orthodox, Christmas was just a couple days ago. And uh, I, I bought a car for my son, Ryan, just before Christmas. He needed a new car. I happened to buy it from a, a little dealer in Newcastle. I asked him, if, do, you, uh, do you celebrate Christmas? He said, yeah, I'm, I go to the Coptic Orthodox Church on Ott's Chapel Road. And, uh, and I said, oh, and he's from Egypt. So he hadn't gotten to his Christmas yet until, until this weekend. So still okay to say Merry Christmas. It's the 12th day of Christmas. Anyway, all that. Good to see all of you here this morning, and we're glad that you're here over holidays. Thank you for letting Carolyn and I go away for a little while to see our daughter Emily and her husband down in Georgia. We had a great visit, but it's always good to come back home. I want to tell you a couple things. Uh, there's one announcement that uh, Lynn, uh, that I didn't get to the video in time or in time for them to put into the video, and that's talking about ministry partnership. That's the, that's the term that I use to talk about official membership in the church. And uh, as, we're, as we're considering leaving the denomination, the United Methodist Church. These are very important times. And at some point in the next couple of months, we will have a congregational vote. But it will be a vote only of those who are official members of the church or official ministry partners of the church. I'll be holding a class on January 22nd, uh, 4 o'clock till 6 o'clock. Um, if you're interested in becoming a ministry partner or an official member of Christ the Cornerstone, uh, I encourage you to come to that class um, you can call the church office or email us and let us know that you're, that you're coming. Uh, many of you are already members of the church, but if, you're, if you have a question of whether or not you are actually a member of the church, sometimes uh, parents think that if they have their child baptized here, that makes them a member. That doesn't make you a member. You've got to go through this class uh, as an adult, uh, as, as yourself, in order to be a member of the church. And... Uh, and um, so here's an opportunity for you to do that. I also wanted to make one more uh, announcement. One of our ministries that we celebrate is our scouting ministries, both with Boy Scouts uh, of America and Girl Scouts. And uh, the Girl Scouts had a meeting here yesterday, and, and we came in last night, and there was a pile of, uh, uh, of 
of, of cleaning supplies out in the uh, a mall area. And it, it was a big pile right there. And I kept asking people, what's, what's, who, what's this for? Who put this here? Nobody, until, until finally April went to her desk and got and saw an email from the Girl Scouts. And they were grateful for us letting them use our building. And so they donated some cleaning supplies. I'm not going to take the hint that we were dirty. And we needed, but we're grateful for the help in all of that. Uh, but we, we, we love our scouting ministries. And the second thing about the, the, the Boy Scouts of America, several of our uh, young men have uh, gotten their Eagle Scouts by building a trail, a walking trail, along our property to connect this campus with our neighborhoods right next door to us. It's almost a quarter of a mile uh, pathway all along the trees along there. It's just a, it's just a, du- a stone dust uh, uh, path. It took four of them, to four Eagle Scouts, to plan it and to do it. They each did about 200 yards or something like that. And uh, now it's finished. So if you live in the community over there, walk to church and get a little healthy. And it's a great, it's a great place to, to do that. I want us to read together our, our, uh, our generosity scripture. And then I'll ask April if you'll come up and then we'll let the children. Come on up, April. Let's read this together, our generosity scripture. Let's see. I can't see it on the back screen, so we're going to have to look at the side screen. Let's read this out loud together. We'll look at each other. (laughs) You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Uh, children, if you want to go with Miss April now, you, now's the time to do it. Uh, let's, let's all stand up together and I'll offer a prayer as the children uh, dismiss and the team comes back to lead us in worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this time that we have together. We thank you, God, for our children. And while they're still with us, we ask your blessing to fall upon them. Thank you for them being with us. And we ask you to be with April and all the, all the adults who, who lead our children at this time, that they would come to know who you are, that they would experience your love, that they would grow, as Jesus did, in wisdom and favor with God and with all people. We thank you for that. Be with us now, God, as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. God makes a way for us, amen. In times when we can't see it, in times we don't know it, we don't understand. We don't know how you do it, God, but we know you will. When the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for. I see a flood, you see a promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise, even to die in every 
Give him praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor you today. So many times in our lives, we come up against situations where we think we have to figure it out for God. And we get it firmly implanted in our minds somehow, somewhere, that we become our own source because we're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. So, God, I'm just going to take over this and I'm going to take care of it for you. But God doesn't need that, right? God does not need us to do that on his behalf. He makes a way. When the nation of Israel came up against the Red Sea, Moses stretched out his arms and the sea parted and they walked across on dry ground. We could probably go through this room and hear story after story after story of how I don't know where groceries are coming from. We were in college. I think I've told this story one time. I, I was in college and Debbie and I were married and, we, and, and our daughter Bethany was like a year old. And we didn't know where groceries were coming from one week and somebody showed up at our door and said, um, I, somebody gave me money and I'm supposed to take you to the store. The Holy Spirit impressed this on someone. If that hadn't happened, I don't know where it was coming from. But it wasn't from me. Because I am not my source. Right? God is our source. For our families, for our church, for our nation, God is our source. And even, God, when we don't see it, even when we don't know it, you are working. And we celebrate you today, Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And he's right here. The King is in the room. Come see the scars of love upon his hands. The king is in the room. We'll watch the darkness flee at his command. Who is this king? Who is this king? His name is Jesus, His name is Jesus, light of the world, there's freedom in His name, awesome in power, reigning forever, light of the world, there's freedom in His name. 
Psalmist said, lift up your head, O you gates. Swing wide, ye ancient doors. Let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? The psalmist asked. The answer is, the Lord, strong and mighty. And guess what? Even from the time that the Psalms were written, till this day, till however far in eternity, He is still the same. And we call on Him today. Hallelujah. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love 
somebody. You are the same God. You are the same God. You touch the lepers and I feel your touch right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Never changing oh, forever. We feel you now. You're the same God. You're the same God, yeah. How we need you now, yeah. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me up. Make that our prayer today. Come and fill me. Come and fill me again. Come and fill me. Come and fill me again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come and fill us today, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us today, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us today, Holy Spirit. Lord, so much has happened in the last year, in the last couple of years, in the last week, in the last few days. So much in our individual lives, in our lives collectively as a church, in our community, in our state, in our world, that is more and more evidence that we need you. Lord, so often we think of it as a sign of weakness when we say we need someone. We need someone to help us. We need someone to come alongside of us. But it is not. It is not a sign of weakness for us to yield to you and say, God, we need you. 
We need you now. That's not a demand. Because in your word says, when we call on you, that you will answer. And so we're calling on you. God of Jacob, God of Moses, God of Mary, God of David, God of so many others. God of people that we could go around this room and hear story after story of how your deliverance has brought us out of darkness. So Holy Spirit, we need you today. Come and fill us again. Come and fill us anew. Come and fill us fresh. So that when we leave here in a few minutes, we will be different than when we came in this building. That we'll come and lay our burdens down before you. So God, we ask that as our pastor comes now to bring the word, that God, your anointing would rest on him, that as he opens the word, that our hearts would be open to receive what you have for us. We honor you, God, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. starting a, a short series, what I'm calling Greater Things 2. I'd prefer to spell it T-O-O, but I don't know how to spell that with my two fingers. So you get it. Greater Things 2. And this is a, we're, we're going to talk about stewardship. We're going to talk about money. Oh, yay. Here we go. Let's have some fun. Many of us at Christ the Cornerstone uh, grew up going to church in a tradition that flows from two men, two brothers, called John and Charles Wesley. And, and one of the, I want to tell you a little bit about their story and why it's important for us today. And it has all to do, hey Eric, good to see you. <laughs> You're visiting from college, I guess, good to have him back. And um, John and Charles Wesley uh, were both Anglican priests in the 1700s. And, and, and a characteristic that we still have today and that I pray and I'm determined to continue through the ministry of Christ the Cornerstone is a heart-moving experience with Jesus Christ. To, to, that, that we can experience the very presence of God in our own lives. What does that look like? Do you know what that looks like? I want to describe what, it, what the experience was for John and Charles Wesley. Back in the 1700s, both of them were, were very well educated. They both went to Oxford University in England. 
They both became priests in then the, what was the Anglican Church, the State Church of England. They were both assigned parishes where they would proclaim, they would tell the stories, they would sing the songs of, of Anglicanism. They would proclaim the truths of Jesus Christ. But there was something in John that was missing. With all the education that he he grew up in a home, uh, uh, his father was an Anglican priest also. His mother was a devout Christian, praying often, instructing the children in the ways of God. Yet John, as an adult, with a, with, with a great education, he knew, he knew Latin, he knew Greek, he knew Hebrew, he studied all the classics. Yet something was missing in his life, in his relationship with God. What was missing? This is what was missing. He could not say with confidence that his sins, his, were forgiven. He could not say with confidence that he, when he died, he would go to heaven instead of hell. He didn't know. With all the knowledge that he had had, with all the upbringing that he had had, he still lacked a confidence of knowing that even his sins were forgiven. And he was a priest. And he had the job of marrying and baptizing and, and, and doing funerals and, and proclaiming the gospel to others. But he didn't experience it yet in his own life. And he longed for that. He even created an organization called the Holy Club. And they held each other accountable to doing the things that Jesus tells us to do. And they became accountable to one another for for praying a certain amount each day, for doing a certain number of good works each week, for attending worship services and receiving the sacrament every week in order that they could know that God loved them and that God forgave their sins. And still, even after he established his holy club, he still didn't get it. But he continued to proclaim and to teach the Scriptures, to teach that, 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 that it's there. But he didn't feel it. He knew a man named James Oglethorpe. You've heard the name James Oglethorpe. You're like, oh, you're talking American history. Yes, I am. (laughs) James Oglethorpe was appointed by by King George to be the governor of the colony of Georgia here in our United States now. But back then it was just a colony. I don't know the connection that John and Charles Wesley had with, with James Oglethorpe, but whatever connection they had... They were appointed to be the priests to the, to the soldiers and to the, the British citizens who were colonists in Savannah, Georgia. And so John and Charles Wesley got on a boat and they came over to, to the colonies and they, and they were the priests of the colony. And if you're traveling down to Florida and you're almost into Florida before you get to, you know, you get the border and then you got Jacksonville, just before you get to the Florida border on I-95, there's a place called St. Simon's Island. And you've probably whizzed right past it. Or Brunswick, Georgia. St. Simon's Island. If you get off that exit, off 95, you go on to St. Simon's Island. You, as soon as you get onto the island, make a left turn. <laughs> 
And if you make a left turn, you'll begin to see some signs for Epworth-by-the-Sea. It's the United Methodist Campground. It's really a resort. We talk about how nice Pacomath, Camp Pacomath is. Uh-uh. Camp Pacomath has nothing on St. Simon's Island. They've got resort rooms on St. Simon's Island. If you go there, you can see there's a, there's a Methodist Heritage Museum there. And you can see that island is where John and Charles Wesley preached from. And if you go down the road a little farther, you go around the corner and some, some great big huge oak trees dripping with Spanish moss. It's a beautiful location. You can see a little white church. It's an Episcopal church now. Well, because all Episcopal churches in America used to be Anglican churches. And so it was, there's an Episcopal church now. And outside that Episcopal church, in the, that church and this great big tree, and surrounded by this huge cemetery, very old cemetery, is a huge oak tree growing up beside, they call it the Wesley Oak. Because John and Charles Wesley stood underneath that tree to proclaim Jesus to the citizens there. But it was not a happy time for John Wesley. Remember I said he had this longing in his heart to know that even his sins were forgiven. But he didn't have that assurance. He couldn't say with confidence, God loves me every day of my life. And he longed for that assurance even while he was there. He had a miserable time. He fell in love with a woman named Sophie while he was here in Georgia. And, and he asked Sophie to marry her, him. And she said... No. Well, that next Sunday when it came time for worshiping and everybody in Georgia at that time went to the Anglican church because they were all, they were all they were citizens of the, of, of the King George and so they had to go to church. They had to receive the sacrament. When Sophie came forward to receive the sacrament from John, he was so angry he refused to serve her. That was... He was in trouble, not only with Sophie's father. He was in trouble with James Oglethorpe, the governor, because he was appointed to serve the citizens, the British citizens, and he refused to do his job. He was in deep trouble. It was a miserable time. John and Charles Wesley got on, were put on a ship back to England. And, and he wrote in his journal, I came to the colonies to, these are his words, save the savage. That was his politically correct word at the time describing the American Indians. That's, I know it doesn't sound nice, but that's the way they described it. That's who he was talking about. He came to bring Christ to the Native Americans. He said, I came to save the savage, but who will save me? Have you been in that place in your life? Where you've heard all the good things about Jesus, you've heard all the good things about God, but you don't know it in your own heart. You're not sure where it is. You're not sure that God forgives every one of your sins. And, and you're not sure that, that you may have knelt at one time and said, God, forgive me for this, but I did it again. And then I said, I'll never do that again, but I did it again. Are you sure that God forgives you every time? You can be. And John was not. He was distraught. He was discouraged. He was fearful. 
And on that ship back to England, they had to go through either a nor'easter, we know what those are like, or an outright hurricane. And as he, as, as he cowered in, in that ship, in one corner of it, probably wedging himself between, between a beam and a barrel, <laughs> he noticed that at the other side of the ship, there was a group of Christians and they were singing hymns. And they were praising God through the storm. And they were thanking God for saving them. How can you thank God for saving us? We're going to die. John Wesley was, was scared to death literally. Crying out to God, save me. Because I don't know if I die tonight. Will I go to heaven or hell? And I'm the preacher. But who are these people praising God with confidence? Well, they were the Moravians. And John Wesley, finally, he made it through that night. He got back to England and he made friends with some of those Moravians. Peter Bowler was one of them. B-O-E-H-L-E-R. I don't know German. I don't know how to pronounce those letters. (laughs) Baylor, Bowler. And they maintained a friendship, and John Wesley began to say, how can you have such confidence? And it's because of the grace of Jesus Christ. We can't earn it as John Wesley and his holy clubs were trying to do. We can't can't do enough to to gain God's favor. We have to receive it. It is a gift to us from God's grace through our simple faith in Jesus Christ. We simply trust it. And we rely on it. You've seen me in the past put a chair up here. I made Pastor Vaughn sit in that chair. Do you trust? Do you rely on this chair? Yeah, I trust that chair. No, no, no. You can't rely on that chair until you lie on that chair. Are you relying on Jesus for all things in your life? You've got to do what Jesus says to do if you're going to rely on Him. And if you're not rely, if you're not doing what Jesus says to do, there's little evidence that you really are relying on Him. And I can say that chair is going to hold me up all day, but it will not hold me up until I sit on it. John Wesley was longing for this. Finally. A few years later, 1738, May 24th, and this is why we're, this is why we're called Methodists. <laughs> I mentioned the Holy Club. He was a very disciplined man. That's one of the things that he got from his mother, Susanna Wesley. She brought great structure and discipline to the, to the family, and it stuck with John. And he created these Holy Clubs, and they made fun of him. They said, you've got a method for everything, you Methodist. And that's where that term comes from. And that's why we're called Methodists. And I know we're seeking to disaffiliate currently from the United Methodist Church over theological reasons. But we will not stop being Methodists. Why? Because of this desire that we have and this reality that we experience that I can know the forgiveness of God in my own life. And so can you. That will never change. So John Wesley was longing for that. And then one night, 
This is what he writes in his own journal. He says, In the evening, I went very unwillingly. (laughs) I didn't want to go to the meeting. But I suppose I'm the pastor and I have to go. I ought to show up. No, not all of you can say you've been there, but I can. (laughs) There are many times I've gone very unwillingly. So John Wesley went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street. That means the word society refers to one of his holy clubs that had organized, and this holy club organized with this holy club, and this holy club, and this holy club, and together they were called a society of Methodists. So it was a group of Methodists that had gathered together. They were studying the book of Romans together, and there was a man standing at the front. He wasn't even reading out of the Bible. He was reading from a book written by the Protestant reformer Martin Luther. And it was Martin Luther's commentary on the book of Romans. And this is what John Wesley writes. He said, In the evening I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. And about a quarter till nine, (laughs) this is how precise John Wesley is, he remembered the moment of this experience. At a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt my heart Strangely warned. He was not looking for an emotional experience. He was looking for a real experience with the divine God. And it came to him in a moment that, that, that felt like his heart being strangely warmed. And this is what he describes even further. He said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given to me. An assurance that He had taken away my sins. And He emphasizes my. And then He says it again. Even mine. And saved me from the law of sin and death. This heart-strangely-warmed experience is what we talk about when we say, come into the presence of God. When we sing, come into the presence of God. I felt the presence of God. I didn't notice my heartbeat changing. (laughs) But I noticed the presence of God as we were singing this morning. And I know many of you did too. Why? Because you trust in Jesus. And this is one way we experience it. Now Christ the Cornerstone as a church continues to plan to offer Christ to all people. That is our mission. That is our purpose. We're not going to stop doing that. The 
And that experience is not just for John Wesley. It's for us. And it's not for us to keep. It's for us to share with others. There is a greater love in this world that has to be proclaimed. Greater things. Greater things. There's a greater love that God has for us. We have funerals often. Pastor Vaughn had one this past week. Some of you may remember, uh uh-oh, Norma Bates. I said uh uh-oh because I almost forgot her name. Norma Bates has been a member of our church for a very long time. And she passed away the, the day after Christmas. And I know it was Christmas time, and so getting that word out was difficult to do. And some people got it, some people didn't. But Norma was 101 years old when she passed away. So we rejoice and we pray for her family and thank God for Norma's ministry with us at Christ the Cornerstone. Now, it was easy for us, for Pastor Vaughn and those who were there, to, to, to recognize God's love in Norma's life, right? I'm, I'm sure there were many stories. I was, I was in Georgia during the funeral, so I couldn't be there. But sometimes there are people that we have funerals for, and, and they don't even proclaim Jesus Christ. They don't want the Word of God proclaimed. They don't want... They, they don't talk about how this person went to church or what this person did. And yet, from every person, there is some kind of experience of love in their life. Why? Because God created all people in His image. And God is love. And God creates all people to express who God is. And every one of us, whether we do good or bad things, doesn't matter what, who, how we are. We're created to express the love of God. And, and, and at every funeral that we have, I look for opportunities in this person's life to say to the family, even if they don't believe, even, they believe, even if they believe there is no God, <laughs> I'm saying, God loves you. And the only way this, you could have experienced any kind of love with this person is because God created this person. Because God is love. There's a greater thing. There's a greater love that we have to share. What are the three words we use? And this is in this stewardship series, we're focusing on these words. And this is today's word, love. Love, serve, and engage. And so we want, to, we want to give of ourselves. We want, to, we want to give in order that others can experience that greater love. But we can't share it if you don't have it. So you've got to make sure that your part, that you've experienced that God's love in your life, that cleanses your life, that removes your guilt, that takes away that, that questioning, Oh God, what's going to happen to me when I die? Now one option is for you to decide there is no God. It's a risky option. (laughs) Because what if there is? What if there is? There's a greater love that we must share with others. Let me read to you from 1 John chapter 4. 1 John tells us in the Bible that, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Because love comes from God. 
And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Who? Jesus. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, surely we ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. What a beautiful thing that is. When the body of Christ comes together and we love each other genuinely as God loves us, we're experiencing the fullness of of God's expression. That's, That's a beautiful moment when we experience that within the body of Christ. And there are many moments when we don't. I get that. I know that. And God has given us, it says in verse 13, spirit of proof that we live in Him. That proof, that assurance that John Wesley was looking for is God in us. And this is how He gives it. He has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He lives in us. And furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now we testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior not of just me, but of the world. And all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I want to hand out something. I told you we were talking about money, but I haven't said much about money. Thank you, James. Here's your cue. Go ahead and pass out these brochures that I've got. I want you to think about your giving to Christ the Cornerstone this year. And I want you to think about it in these terms. We are giving to Christ the Cornerstone so that God can do a greater thing in our lives and in our community and in our world. We're not just another charity. We're the church. And and there are many scriptures that command giving to the church. But but, but I've only got a couple of scriptures in this series about, about giving. I mean, God says to do it and to do it generously. But they're passing around this brochure that I want to point out to you a couple of things and and you're going to receive one of these if you're on our mailing list you're going to receive one of these in the mail also with a letter and also in that letter if you currently give uh, offerings to us we're going to include in that letter a statement of your past giving for the year in case you need that for tax purposes now we're required to provide that to you and you may not you may not need it many of us just do the standard deduction and we don't we don't need that it's not a bill it's not we're not telling we're not bragging on you we're not doing it we're just giving you a statement that the government tells us that we have to give back to you I want you to open this up so you've got all three panels on the inside now I want you to flip it upside down <laughs> I want you to the back side. I want you to go to the left column that says, Did you know? Okay, you got that part? Did you know? There's a thing called the 80-20 rule. 
The 80-20 rule says that 80% of contributions come from 20% of the people who are giving. And and in other things, you could take this 80-20 rule and say 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people. It's just, it's I don't know, it's just a, a generalized statement that actually happens to be quite accurate. But let's apply it to, to the giving from last year through 2022. In 2022, we, we received gifts from 469 households, including both the Bear and the Ellesmere campuses, for a total of $875,080. Thank you, Jesus. What a fabulous amount of money through your generosity. Thank you. Now, 20% of the donors provided 80% of that amount. The the total of those donors gave $702,298. Now, the range of gifts that we received from those donors was was between $2,400, and some of them gave up to $50,000. But it doesn't matter the amount. Sometimes the person who gives $1 is giving a greater sacrifice than the person that gives $50,000. So don't get hung up on the number. Just be obedient to God. 40% of the donors gave between $200 and $2,400 annually. Another 40% of the donors gave between $1 and $200. I got some questions. What's year 23 going to look like? What range do you find yourself in these giving ranges? What range would you like to be part of? And can you ask God to help you increase your giving this year? Maybe you give sporadically, so maybe the increase is simply making a commitment to give regularly instead of just when you show up or whenever. Or maybe you give regularly and maybe God's asking God, can I give more regularly? We all know what's happening in our economy. And I'm not here whining and complaining. I'm just giving you a a, a statement of truth and and the reality and asking you to give to God, to give to God's Word. Can you increase your time in God's Word? Can you increase your prayer time? Can you give time to serve at CTC? We'll talk about serving next week. Love, serve, and engage, remember? Are you part of a group of friends? And you're, and you're in a community. There's too many people in the room today. And there's too many people who come Saturday night. And there's too many people who come at 11 o'clock. There are too many people who worship at the Ellesmere campus. And there are too many people who are online for us all to feel like one church, everybody all together. You've got to have a smaller group of people with whom you pray and you're friends with them and they're friends with you. And if you don't have that at Christ the Cornerstone, you're not going to stay here very long because we depend on those small groups to hold us together. That's how we work. That's how we expand our ministry. We get, start a new group and a new group and a new group and we get a new person to come here and we've got to get them in a new group or we've got to have an old group that welcomes them in quickly. That's how our ministry strategy works. I want us to look. Now flip it over to the inside. And there you can see our funding plan for the year. It's got a whole bunch of numbers on it. You can see how we expect to spend our money this year. And down at the bottom of that blue section is a section called My Commitment to Give Generously and Cheerfully. God loves 
a cheerful giver, right? And so I'm asking you to answer two questions. I don't want you to answer this today. In two weeks, we're going to have our Commitment Sunday, and I'm going to ask you to make your decision by then. So you can take this home, and I'll mail you another one. Just in case you walk out of here and you happen to drop it in the trash can, I mean the ta- floor or table or whatever. So two questions. What, can you, what do you know you can give to the work that God's doing through us? What do you know confident that you can give? I can give $10 a week. I can give $20 a week. I can, I can only give $1 a week. But, but make a decision and make a commitment to it. And then, and then put that answer down. I know I can do this at this rate for this time. One year. And then I want you to go to the second question. And I want you to say, as God provides, I'm asking you, what extra amount would cause you to give with even greater cheer? Like, wouldn't it be good, God, if I could give $15 a week? That would, if I'm giving 5 now, 15 would, would, would... That's a 300% increase. <laughs> I don't know if I did that right or not. Or just a dollar to $2. Or it's $100 a week or $200 a week. God, help me. Help me get to the place where I'm doubling that. Or I'm just adding 10% to it, God. And then, and then for that second question, that's not necessarily a commitment, but with the commitment that you're making to the second question is when God provides that in your week or in your month or in your year, you're going to give it to the church. And what would happen at the end of 2023 if we look, at, we, we look to see, okay, I gave what I said I would give, but how much more did God provide to me that I could give in addition to that? I'm kind of excited to hear, to see what that number might be and to see what God can do through us because of that. We have some great challenges ahead of us at Christ the Cornerstone. But you are the body of Christ here. And I'm proud of you. And I thank God for all of you. And, and, and I know that we have a difficult decision in our relationship with the United Methodist Church. And I know that we have a, a, a challenge with our, with our ministry at Ellesmere. But God can and will and is going to lead us through these things together. And I believe we can do it. And just as, it's just as we have seen God work faithfully and powerfully in our past, we've got to get together and say, God, we're expecting you to work powerfully again in our future. We have to. So I'm asking us to pray together. As you consider this, the team's going to come back and we're going to sing. Now, remember, let's get back to John and Charles Wesley and that experience of God in their lives. Let me get back to that spiritual issue and ask you, where are you today in your spiritual life? Do you need to say to God, I trust you, Jesus. I have been looking for that assurance of my faith, that my sins have been forgiven, that my heart has been washed clean, that my guilt is gone. I need to be assured of that, God. You come here and you pray and you ask God to do that. And if you don't get a sense of that, you ask somebody to pray with you. And it may not come today, but like John Wesley, he waited a couple of years before it came. And then he was just sitting in a meeting hearing somebody read a book. And he felt his heart strangely warm. And he rejoiced. It's real. 
invite you to stand as we pray together and we consider all of these things while we sing. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your peace, your grace, your mercy, your kindness. We trust you. We love you. Because of your kindness to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What we're talking about today requires a lot of faith, maybe on our part. I heard somebody say, uh, at one point, heard a pastor say at one point that faith is living in forward what can only be fully understood in reverse. Earlier in the service, we sang a song that in part said, and when we cross that Jordan and look back on where we've been, sometimes we don't fully understand what God has brought us through until we get to the other side. But miracle after miracle after miracle, we can all attest to in our lives. Amen. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how, cause I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. Thank you, Lord. I think it over and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Miracles on miracles, count your miracles, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. You held me steady so I wouldn't give up. You opened doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. I want to live with an open heart. I want to live like I know who you are. I hope I never get over what you've done. It's not coincidence and it's not luck. I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. Million little miracles. Thank you, Lord. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. And I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. 
thank you for the miracles that you perform in our lives every day, even when we don't know it. And Lord, when we do cross that Jordan, when we cross into the promised land, when we cross into a place where you have delivered us from the situation, whatever it is we're in, that we need a miracle from you. When we cross that Jordan and look back, help us to recognize that it was you all along, not us, not anyone else. You are the source of our strength. You are the strength of our life. So, God, we want to honor you today. We're just going to continue to worship here for a few minutes. When you need to go, you can go. The altar area is still open for prayer. There's still folks at the prayer station. If you're online, there's still folks that can meet with you and pray with you for a few more minutes. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even count them all.